Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Hello and welcome to episode number 69 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Before I introduce you to this week's guest, I'd just like to talk to you a little bit about last week's podcast, where we had Caroline Banks and Michael Warner from the V Art Show. Now the V Art Show takes place tonight, on the day of release of this podcast, which is the 7th of May, between 7 and 10pm. It's very much like a virtual art fair. You just go over to their website, which is www.v-art.show, and there you'll find a list of all the participating artists. You just click on the image of the artist you'd like to visit, and then you get directed straight to them. It's on the Zoom conferencing app, so you'll see the artist face to face. You can ask some questions about them and their work, or you can just sit in the background and look at their work while other visitors do the talking. The participating artists are Mark Beattie, Matt Dukes, Caroline Banks from last week, Gina Soden, who appeared on the Ministry of Arts podcast, Sarah Needham, Alex McIntyre, Michael Warner, who was on last week and also previously on the Ministry of Arts podcast, Yana Nicole, Prachi Gothi, 
Rod McIntosh, and last but by no means least, yours truly, Gary Mansfield. So please do go over to v-art.show, scroll down, and come and say hello. But let's get back to episode 69. This week's guest is Nick Hogben, aka The Loveless Artist. Nick and I became aware of each other via a mutual friend. We saw each other's artwork online and just started chatting. Now Nick has been creating work under the name Loveless Artist for about three years. He's battled with mental health all of his life and uses art as a release. His practice is now one is intertwined and reactive to the moment. His linear monochrome figures seem to battle for domination on the canvas. Sometimes red, sometimes black, sometimes a combination of both. This allows us, the viewer, to witness his inner conflicts, which seems to have no winner. Nick also hosts and produces the hugely popular Mouth of Manliness podcast, where he discusses the mental health journey of himself and each invited guest. So please, come and give some love to the loveless artist. Collaborative sculpture. Well, I made one, um, and I, actually, funnily enough, I put up a picture of it, and quite a few people seem to like it. Uh, but um, I've got to buy some more stuff to make another one. I, I, yeah. I, I tell you, my inspiration was cause. You know the artists who does... Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, those kind of things. Um and I was thinking, well, I'd like to get it closer to how he does them. Um, and the one I did is nothing like it. But what the face and the head, I'm really pleased with. Look, I've got it right here. Oh, have you? There you go. You can see the face yeah, and put, the head. Put him near your face because it's blurry at the minute. Put him in front of yours. Uh, yeah, he looks well. He looks really good. And I think he looks... Um, it, I mean, it looks like uh, I, I was watching uh, like hip hop videos the other day of like uh, Wu Tang Clan, and it looks like old dirty bastards in Wu Tang. Can't place that. Yeah, I really like it. Uh, yeah. So I bought it in here as a little mascot because I'm in my like podcast room, so it's my mascot in here. Because he looks when you showed me the um, what you'd called a maquette, or, or even like the first stage of yeah. it. Yeah. It was looking a little bit worse for wear, wasn't it? It, it didn't look <laughs> like it was going in the direction that you'd want it to go into. No. And then when you showed me the finished, um, the finished item, yeah, it looked so much better. Yeah, I think it's got something. It's, it's certainly. I was quite shocked by how well it came out, but uh, it's like a little. It's like a dark Mickey Mouse figure, isn't it? For, for I mean, I've started recording, yeah. so I should say I'm with Nick Ogbin. The Loveless Artist. It's supposed to be like a dark Mickey Mouse, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm a big fan of pop art. Um, and I really like... I, I think pop art nowadays has really come on a long way. And, um, yeah. and I like... Um, so I follow lots and lots of different artists and that on Instagram. And a lot of people are like kind of reappropriating those kind of images. And mm. I really like taking something like Mickey and then putting it into a really dark context. Yeah, so it yeah. really works because he's got like that death row uh, suit on, like yeah. you've got in your picture. Um, and then to have like but four ears, so with brains in them, 
And it, like the idea being, it's, it's almost like that's me, and I, I've got so much fucking going on in my head, <laughs> and I, uh, I need four of them, and with these kind of pulsing brains in them. Um, and then yeah, on the back, I put all like your tallies on the back. Uh, the hands are dreadful though. Uh, they always will be. Yeah, that, I know, I know, I know, right? Put him, make him wear mittens or boxing gloves. That's always a winner. Well, yeah. Uh, well, boxing gloves is a good idea, though. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make another one. Because... Uh, uh, and I'm just going to... Like, the thing is, I get... Whenever I create artwork, like, I generally do it fairly... Like, it's like, blah! You know, like, I just yeah. do it. And I did it with that. I did that like within an hour. It was like in the oven. I just done it. <laughs> and uh, and I, I like to go with it when when I'm feeling it. I'll go with it, and I'll really like go and get yeah. it done. And um, yeah, but I think really to do a good one, I'm gonna have to sit back and really take my time. I feel like well, I can. You, you you produce your work quite quickly, spontaneously. Yeah. And most people do find their artwork therapeutic. Yeah. But you, if I sort of use, paraphrase you in some way, you do use, actually use yours as a therapy anyway, don't you? As yeah. part of your um, mental health awareness. Yeah. Um, it's more of, I, I do find it incredibly therapeutic because, uh, I don't know, if you look at my artwork, it's all really dark and it's almost like I'm trying, it's like there's an exorcism going on. You know, like my brain straight to my hands and I put it on the page or on the, or on the canvas and, the, and it is, it's like, it's really just this kind of splurge of emotion. And yeah. I'm just... Because put- it's as if you haven't got time to, to sketch it out or... or- pretty much even think about what direction you want to take it in. It is just a powerful release of your artwork onto the paper and pretty much see where it goes while you're drawing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, uh, that's exactly what it is. It's uh, like an irrational, like, like a thought, yeah. you know, that comes into your head. You don't know where your thought's going when you're thinking. No. It's just the process, you follow the process and, well, finish when you get to your destiny, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, So, and that's why I do loads. Like I, yeah. I draw like every night pretty much. I've had a little like the the lockdowns kind of blocked me for some reason. But generally, like I draw every night. So I've got like an A two pad and I will do like one artwork in that night yeah. pretty much. Sometimes yeah. it might go two nights, but the idea is that it's instant. I don't want to. I don't want to get lost in um, overthinking. Um, and yeah, I don't sketch at all. I don't do any sketching. Uh, I've got loads of sheets that are like, uh, like wasted sheets, which I hate. But what I found is I'll do something on a sheet and then I'll be like, no, no, it's not working, leave it. And then quite often I'll come back and then I'll be like, make it work. There was something there, yeah. Yeah, and then I'll, and I, because I like to try it and have, I like, my dream is to have like one pad that's just, Back to back, all really <laughs> good pieces, and I, I yeah. tell you, you know what? I don't. I get close. I really do. It's very rare when I, uh, as I say, I go back to them and I make them work. Um, but no, I don't sketch at all, and I, I find there's something. So like, I'll I'll go over lines. So like, I might have a face, and then I want to put a hand over the face, and most people would be like, "Well, but then you've got the lines of the face going through the hand," and I'm like, "Yeah." 
So fucking what? Like, well, why a not? lot of your work is um, linear and just black linear yeah. um, drawings. Yeah. But then sometimes you will draw in red. Yeah. And then overlay the black linear yeah. drawings over the top of those. So they, they are sort of like double layered. Yeah. Um, and I, we've spoke before and you were saying that sometimes that's like a dark feeling and, and then uh, the the other one of your personalities coming out over the top of it. Yeah, so um, I think what happens quite often, sometimes I'll just do a drawing in red and then um, and it, more often than not, the reds are a bit lighter, they're a bit brighter generally, so it is almost like... What, yeah. their mood, you mean? yeah. Because so, normally, when you see red, you associate it with anger and danger and... Well, yeah, um, and that's kind of what... That is the point. Like, I kind of... I like my images to be dark and angry because, you know, like, we, we've talked and... It reflects you. Yeah, I'm quite an... <laughs> Afri- Afri- you know, like, quite a nice, easy-going guy. But the problem is, is that inside, I'm really not. Inside, I'm yeah. full of rage and I, I've got nowhere else to let go of it. Because, uh, I don't know, it's like I'm, I, I would never have a confrontation or anything. So it goes on the page. Yeah. So if we just hold it there a sec. Yeah. My very first question yeah. is, because I ask seven questions to all my artists. Yeah. So how would you explain what you do to someone that didn't know your work? So I've got a podcast called The Mouth of Manliness. Um, and... Uh, that's very much about uh, mental health. Uh, it's not just about men, but uh, I kind everything's pretty much a reflection of me. So the mm. idea of uh, like it was this idea to play on words of uh, you know mouth of ma- uh, madness, and then yeah. the idea then basically I've had a lot of therapy over the last couple of years. I've had mental health problems since I was nine, but over the last few years I had a proper meltdown. Yeah, pretty much two years ago. And I was off of work for ages. And um, and then I entered into loads and loads of therapy, loads of different meds and, you know, and I just decided I'd fucking had enough of it. I've got to, I've got to grab hold of this with both hands. Yeah. And then through that kind of therapy... It, was it... Could, could I just... But in, was it any of the therapy that made you want to do that? Do you think? What, that made... That made you want to deal, it with, deal with it yourself and... Um, I think what the therapy made, I came to this kind of overwhelming conclusion that one of my big problems is, is that I don't talk about it and I'm ashamed of it and I'm ashamed. And it goes back to the shame of like, I always felt like I wasn't good enough. Like I wasn't manly enough. That's the manliness, yeah, you know, like, yeah, um, that, you know, I was always like, I've been, I've always been an artist really. You know, and it's like I was in a family of mechanics, and I, I, they always <laughs> kind of treat. You know, I was always like they always called me a big girl's blouse and that kind of thing. And realizing that that repression came from men don't talk about these things. Yeah, yeah. So the podcast was like was for me. It was like I'm not going to shut up about it anymore. Actually, I'm going to tell the world about it. Yeah. Um, and while I'm doing it, I'm going to be saying to people. Do not be ashamed to be who you are. Do not yeah. be ashamed to say what's on your mind or what's in your head. Because, like, men, you know, traditionally are told you shouldn't. And, like, that's why, that's why I do it. 
you know, to tell people, yes, talk about it. But also, like, to show people that everyone has problems and, like, a lot of people have mental health problems, but no-one ever talks about it. So yeah. get other people on to talk about it. You know, like, no-one ever understands bipolar. Get someone on with bipolar to explain about it. You know, so, like, so there's that awareness, but also that I'm... I'm not going to shut up about it anymore. You know, I'm not. That's yeah, not me yeah. anymore. And I'll tell you what, I've been doing it a year and I am the wellest I've ever been. I, I don't... I haven't been in a pit of despair since I started doing it. Do you think that's because you've given yourself a purpose? Yeah. Not, not, I'm not saying you didn't have one before, yep. but within this realm. Yep. Yeah, totally. Part of it is I feel like I'm doing something that's bigger than me. Um, yeah. Oh, I feel like I've got a purpose, which is really important, I think, in life. Um, but all of the self-doubts I've ever had have gradually gone away because people are telling me, oh, it's brilliant what you're doing, I love the way you do it, you know, like, that's oh, really helped me, it really means something, thank God someone's finally saying something, you know, yeah, those kind yeah. of things. And then I, I was talking to someone else the other day and uh, I, I said to him that um, you, you can't be a piece of shit because you're doing something nice. You know, yeah, like you're yeah. trying to do something good. So when your brain's telling you you're a piece of shit, it's wrong. Because yeah. the evidence... You've got is, the, yeah, you've got the proof there. Yeah, the evidence is the opposite. Yeah. So it's really weird. So I kind of... it. Yeah, it's been a reawakening for me. Um, but it's also, like, created opportunities. Like, I was never felt that confident about my artwork. And then... I did the podcast with Eddie Temple Morris and he was just in a house full of amazing artwork. He's got a yeah. really good yeah. collection. Oh, is he? Yeah, really good collection. Now, if, if anyone who don't know Eddie Temple Morris, he's, a, he's been a DJ for, for years, hasn't he? He's, he's really well known in the mental health arena. Yeah, yeah. And he makes you feel better just listening to him, doesn't he? Yeah, he's got that way about him. He does a Virgin Radio, like, 11 till 1... And um, he does like he used to, when I was a teenager. He was a presenter on MTV. That's yeah. when I first saw him. But he's then, pretty fucking cool, wasn't he? Yeah, oh yeah, he's a proper geezer. There, I think the world of him. But he was like, "Have you got a website? Do you sell this? This is your job." And I'm like, "Nah, I'm just do it because I've got this compulsion to make art, and I yeah, and it makes As a release. Yeah, and it makes me feel better and." Um, yeah, it means something to me, and he and he just went. That's why you not set, why are you not an artist? And he was just so blown away. I remember coming home, getting home at like midnight after driving into London, doing a podcast with him, and waking my wife up and going, "You will not believe, someone <laughs> thinks I'm good." Yeah, a little bit of confidence goes a long way, doesn't it? And then that has just fueled me. I've just become much more prolific and got. Look, I've sold like quite a few quite a bit of artwork in the yeah. last year since I've been doing it. It's, cha it's changed everything for me. I mean, I don't know in which form your depression took, but, you know, everyone's been touched by it in some ways, and a lot of depression is about not having any self-worth. Yep. And as soon as you start getting a bit of self-worth, then it fucking brushes all of that off of your shoulders. That, that bit of weight is no longer there, is it? I think, like, you sum it up pretty much there. Uh... My depression was all about me not feeling good enough and having low self-esteem, lack of self-worth. And now suddenly I've got it in spades. Like, I'm yeah. just 
Like, I had my moments still, but... Like, See, because you I was a musician as well, though, wasn't you? So it's not as yeah, if... Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You've been in bands, you've been on stage. It's Because a lot of it is confidence as well, isn't it? Like, not having the confidence in yourself to to put yourself forward. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird one because I'm... I, <clears throat> like, for work, I have to do presentations and things. I'm ne- and I, I, I like being in the limelight. I do, I love it. Like, and I you get, inspire people in your job as well, don't you? You're, that's well, yeah. That's kind of yeah. Pretty much your job that, as well. That's really the point, yeah. Um, but I find, like, if I'm excited about something, then other people seem to get excited about it as well. Yeah. And now I'm constantly looking for something that's going to get me excited. Uh, yeah. And like, I can get that just through doing a drawing or a painting. I get really excited when I paint. Like, I get really silly with the silly then, and like, I'm like, I can't get to sleep because I want to do some more. But, um, yeah, no, that, that's totally it with me. Uh, yeah, that kind of lack of self worth, but that's it's kind of gone out the window. And then, if you carry it in with the art, it means that any like those kind of dark faults they're, they're somehow dealt with, you know, like through the artwork, they're they're dealt with and then it's done you know like so i don't carry it around in the same way yeah so it is as if people were buying one of your fucking problems a, a, you know, <laughs> a, a 2d where well, you you know you're using it as a release yeah you know, they're sort of you know aiding you to uh to release that problem yeah, I often think of it as though that yeah they're buying a bit of my soul or a bit or they're buying a few of my demons and, um, when was your first interest in art? Um, my my earliest memory is me doing art. Um, was me colouring a Battlestar Galactica pad, <laughs> um, and I have done art and I have drawn um, ever since I was a real little kid. And it's yeah. the only thing that I've ever. I mean, I've, I've that's the the constant in my life has been art. So, yeah. when I was, like, in infant school, um, the teachers would be... They'd praise me for my artwork. You know, like, I got praise for my artwork. Maybe not from my dad, but, like, from a lot of people. The one thing that, you know, like, oh, he's really good at sport. I was never any good at sport. But I, was, I, could, always, I could always knock you up a good picture. <laughs> so, uh, it's always been the thing that I've been... Reason- that I've always felt I'm reasonably good at and people seem to like. And then, yeah, now I've kind of developed almost like my own language, you know, like... Yeah. Um, but, yes... Well, that's, the, that's the one thing, sorry to butt in, yeah. that's the one thing that a lot of artists have a problem with obtaining, is their own little bit of art identity. Yeah. And you've pretty much got that already. Yeah, I, I say uh, that... That in itself probably took me six years of constant drawing, mm. like literally drawing, drawing, drawing all the time, until I, I was like, ah, I think I've got something, yeah, you know. Yeah, and yeah. it all starts to make sense, and like the imagery is like a lot of it's similar imagery, and that all it all just clicked into gear. But I mean, it's always evolving anyway. Like gradually, yeah. I'm adding other bits, but. Um, yeah, I, I lost my hearing briefly 
um, and I couldn't watch TV. And I watch TV, like, even I'm drawing, I've got the TV on, because I've got tinnitus, so TV's always got to be on. Yeah. And, um, and I lost my hearing, and I just, and I didn't do any art for probably about 10 years at that point. And I just, it was almost like, that was all I could do. And I haven't stopped since. I just haven't Good. stopped. Like, I just started drawing, and I didn't stop. And it's, yeah, just that evolution's got me to that point, and I'm like, I, I think I've got, that is mine, you know. Like, yeah. I, I, there's not a lot like it. So yeah, I'm quite, pretty proud of that. But yeah. Well, another another one of the questions I ask is, when did you realise you wanted to be an artist, um, or work within the arts? Would that be when Eddie Temple Morris? Would, would that be when you wanted to take the plunge to sort of put your work out there? It was he. He gave me the confidence to think it's a possibility. So, yeah. um, I I I think before I was I like I went to college and did art. I then went to university, but I only went for a year. Um, and all that time, it was like I'm going to be an artist. And then um, then I was then I was like I'm going to be a rock star. Um, but Eddie kind of gave me that idea that, like, there's something in it. You know, like, yeah. rather than it being just me on my own, something that I do, he kind of made me think, oh, actually, um, this is something other people might like. Yeah. Well, it's as if, uh, at the point you was at, it's as if um, you're sort of half embarrassed about your artwork, where you haven't got the confidence to show yeah. people, stand up and go, this is what it is. Because at, at that time, you're not... A hundred percent sure what it is you've got. You yeah. you must have known that you'd hit on something because it was that your artwork is very pleasing to the eye, whether it's dark or not. You know, it is eye catching and and it does draw draw the viewer in. But if you've if you're not confident about it, then you know it's it's never going to go anywhere anyway, is it? No, and that's so, what you just needed was yeah, Eddie yeah. to give you a kick up the arse and. Oh, it was a really crazy one because he was, I, I, he was just, he was like, well, I, I took it as a gift to say thanks for coming and then he looked at it and he was like, did you really do this? Oh, <laughs> nice. And he was like, are you, like, he said, are you on the genius spectrum? Like, and I was like, <laughs> and I just felt really kind of embarrassed, really. But, you know, like, amazed, but really embarrassed. And then after it, he just kept, like, messaging me, going, oh, I've got to do something. I've got to do something to help you here. And then after about a week, he went, can I manage you? Can I help? Like, if I manage nice. you, I can put some money into it, get a website up, make something happen. And, um, and then it was like, fuck it, I'm an artist now. I actually Excellent. am. Why, why not? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I am an artist. And it, well, you it, don't have to fill an application form. No, no. It, do you? But it's that just kind of being... Like, yeah, no, like that's what I am, yeah. and I th and and then the more I think about it, it's like I've always been an artist. Yeah, you know, he sort of half lined you up a solo show as well, didn't he? No, no, he didn't do that. I did that. Uh, oh, oh, sorry, I apologise. Yeah, no, what? It's just I like my whole because since doing the podcast and doing that, I've just got 
like I'm really a believer in everything's worth a try. Give it a go. Yeah. Ask. Yeah. Uh, don't don't be ashamed to ask. You know they can only say no. But someone uh, like a friend of mine, Arena, sent me um, a link that Chapter Thirteen in Brighton were um, they they were looking for like a local artist because they had a gap um, to like do like a one man show, and um, and I thought oh, I'll give it a go. And like they replied to yeah, me. Being being local to Brighton as you well, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I thought, fuck it. I'm, <laughs> gonna go. I'm not that far. <laughs> like I'm only yeah. an hour and a half away. <laughs> uh, but like I thought, no, I'll give it a go. And like they literally just got straight back to me and said, yeah, we want you to come down. Nice. Uh, and then the virus kicked in and I couldn't go. But as far as I'm aware, like they said, you know, still we'll do it when it all calms down yeah. again. But I'd done a, like, a massive. I'd recently done a series of six. Huge, like five foot by four foot um, canvases, and I did nice. it over uh, IKEA prints. So these massive pictures, and I did it over these IKEA prints because I really, I like the idea of it not like things not being precious. So mm. you, like you know like when I when I'll, I'll do a drawing and then I'll draw over it. So I'll do like spend like two hours doing like something in red and then I'm like fuck it, I'm gonna fuck that up now because yeah. that's how I feel. And um, and like you just go for it, and like the paintings are all like that, and I've kind of given some of the um, well, I'm giving all the profits, um, not the profits, the after what it cost me to do proceeds, yeah, to uh, my black dog, who's a mental health charity, who I'm now an ambassador for. I saw that. Yes, well I'm done. I'm really proud about that. Give us right while you're on on the on the track talking about my black dog. What are my black dog? So. I think the point of my black dog is where where it differs from a lot of things. It's essentially it's called peer to peer. So you're if you ring them up or you uh, you can do it like on messenger and things. Um, it it you're basically talking to someone who's been there and been through that kind of thing, and then they can help talk you through it. Yeah. I think what happens is that there's a lot of people. Um, they're frightened that if they go to the doctors and talk about the shit that goes on in their brain, they're, they're going to get locked off. up. It goes on their record, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and like yeah, yeah, they're, like, they're, there is an element of that is true. Yeah. Like, I can't get life insurance because for like ten years I've been telling them I'm going to kill myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, but the this is the idea is that you're not talking to professional. You are just talking to someone else who's been through it, and then they yeah. can tell you like, oh, well, like, I've had that, like you know. I feel like that, and that makes you feel better because it always feels better to talk about yeah. it. Which is what mouth of manliness is it, all about as well. Yeah, it's about talking about it. So, um, yeah, so I'm, yeah, they they recently asked me to do it. So I'm kind of doing it as an artist and as a podcaster, really. Nice. I'm doing it as both, so that um, and wherever I can, I'll spread the words and um, yeah, give the proceeds of those, which hopefully I'll sell some when I go to Brighton. Yeah. Pretty amazing. That's like my first exhibition. And do it. So when are they looking at doing that now? Oh, God knows. We can't plan anything at the moment. No. We can't plan anything. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Once we're allowed to go out. And talking about mental health, how are you personally dealing with the shutdown at the moment? I'm... Nothing gets... I, I've come so far that nothing really hits me much anymore. Like, I just don't like. I just like I've remodelled my uh, 
the studio where I record the podcast and do music. I've learned how to use a computer, which I've, I've always been a bit frightened of computers, and like, I'm talking to you on it, but you help me. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I've painted the house, you know, like I've just kept really busy. My kids yeah. are like, they're at the age where they kind of occupy themselves a bit. So, um, yeah, I've just kept busy. I, I don't mind it, because I, I actually, I'm quite like being at home. Yeah, I'm, I was the same. Because people are saying to me, oh, how are you doing being locked up? I was like, well, fucking hell, I've done seven years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> doing it indoors with a fucking telly and a garden yeah. and, you know, yeah, that ain't too bad. That. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, we're talking about your artwork. What piece that you've created has the biggest emotional impact? I did one um, where I... I really have always loved Picasso's Guernica and I did one... Um, that was kind of loosely, just, you know, like the fact that it's kind of, uh, it's wide and there's lots going on. Yeah. Um, and I did one like that and I called it Guernica as kind of homage to him. Uh, and that one, that one has a lot because it's kind of like lots of figures and it's like they're all in different kind of states of turmoil and uh and uh, it feels like me, you know, like that I can have, there's a lot, like there's 20 me's, you know, yeah. there's 20 me's and there's 20 different emotions and things going on at any one time and none of it all really makes sense. And uh, yeah, that one, the Guernica one, like I'm, I'm, I'm constantly chasing that. I feel like that was really like one of my best bits and I'm always yeah. kind of, you know, you're always chasing your last best bit. Um but yeah, that one didn't even have any red in it. But yeah, that one. Um, a lot of them are... Uh, most of them are pretty... Uh, have a, a lot of a kind of emotional link anyway. You know, yeah. they, they all do, really. They're all very much like that. There's lots of... And now I do lots of things when there'll be like a face and lots going around the top of it. And that's the same kind of thing, you know. It's like, yeah. fucking will you shut up, brain? You know, yeah. that kind of thing. So they all do, they all do really. Um, when people, because each artwork you make is very personal to what's going on with you at the moment. Yeah. Do you ever put like a little bit of text on the back of it or something like that to explain what that image is about that someone's just bought or no, that you've just produced? It's funny because, you, yeah, we talked about that, didn't we, uh, a while ago. And um, I mean, I, I, I want... I, I feel if anyone sees my drawings, there's normally loads going on. It's like it, it's, the detail is pretty insane at points, and like that almost there's that anal part of me that does that, and um and I think I I like the idea that someone will pick it up and they they're gonna see that it's a pretty dark image, um but they'll be able to spend time picking things out of it and making it their their own. So yeah. I don't really so. I don't necessarily want to explain it particularly, um, but then, yeah, you were talking about titles and things, and that's given me a lot of food for thought, really, about almost it giving it another level. Another well, it's, it's a little nugget for someone to yeah. attach to what they're looking at, because when you look at an image like the ones that you produce, yeah, you have you have to do so much work as a viewer to figure out what's going on and and you can only read an artwork by the experiences you've had in the past yeah and if they're totally different to the experiences you've had and you're trying to tell us about 
just by having that title, I think, can be that sort of little link between the artist and the viewer. Yeah. You know, yeah. To sort of help us along. Yeah, just you know, or give us a hint. That's your first step in, isn't it? So, um, I don't know, yeah, you might notice, but ever since, I, I haven't, I don't think I've put any titles on since, since we last talked. It's, I, I've had a little bit of a barren period lately, but basically every title now is going to be well thought out. Because before I just was giving them stuff like Birdhead, you know, like nothing titles. <laughs> um, but then like... As if they're titles of reference for you to remember which <laughs> one is which. Well, yeah, yeah. And in many ways, that's what it was. Yeah. Because uh, like, once they're done, they're done. I don't really, I don't really go back to them. I don't yeah, because what I do, I, have, I give them a working title, like you've just said. So I might do, um, like the, the, the series I'm doing at the minute with the padlocks, I might just call it Padlock 13 because it's the 13th one that I've made. Right. But when it goes out, it will be called Love Locked or, you know, yeah. whatever it's called. It might even be Padlock 13 brackets Love Locked. That, that, that's just my view, you know, just give me a little hint of, of, of what it's about. Well, yeah, I think... Um... Yeah, basically, I am going to do that. <laughs> it was my conclusion, is that, yeah, I am going to kind of give the titles a bit more thought, really. But then it, I think there's this other bit of me that's kind of, like, all the way uh, in the past, I always kind of like the throwaway, you know, like there's that pop artist in me, you know, that where it's, you know, it's almost like you're taking, like, it's not as important. It's yeah. not, you know, it's just a bit of artwork. It's not actually that important. Does it look good or does it not? Do you like it or do you not? You know, like, so there's that kind of anarchic kind of punk rock bit of me that thinks... Yeah, so, you know, either like it or go away sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, so there's always, like, that's kind of part of my personality is where it's kind of like, well, it, yeah, I made it, it's what it is, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, you definitely got me thinking more about that kind of thing, and um, and yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be giving things a lot more consideration. But the thing is with me is that I'll, I'll create something, and then then like that's done, and then I want to do the next one because yeah. like I get like my hands want to do something. It's like uh, like Eddie thought I might have ADHD because um, I can't, I, I'm always doing you know like. I'm always drawing because I need to be doing something and then yeah. I need to be, I've got the telly on, I've got loads of things going on at once. And I, I like that kind of works for me. Yeah. So it's like, right, move on to the next always. I mean, what I was saying about the title, that could even get in the way of you. Well, yeah, yeah, there's that as well. So if I, have a, if I, if I had a working title, um, then, yeah, then in some ways I'm not being honest. Yeah, you know, like I, like I think one of the things I, I think is like my artwork is honest. If nothing else, it's like it's brutally honest. Well, uh, it's so spontaneous. It hasn't got time to think, has it? Yeah, yeah, and like and almost, yeah. That's kind of that's how my brain works a lot of the time. So it is. It's a complete reflection of me. Um, yeah, and if I started thinking about working titles, I'm almost yeah. I'm I'm putting up a, a barrier straight away. Yeah. So I ch- so the main point is is I don't have barriers. Like I try and have no. Well, that's barriers. why some artists just number their works. Like I yeah, was just saying, yeah. actually, you know, it might be number you know four hundred and thirty-two. The next one, funnily enough, is four hundred and thirty-three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and then that does away with that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then it can even, even at the point of sale or the point of show, then it can have its extended name if it has to have one, you know. Yeah. Two, two rooks or, you know, whatever you want to describe the artwork or, or not. Yeah. Use whatever suits you. Yeah, I mean, I never used to title anything. Um, but then when you start putting things up and if someone wants to buy it, they can't just describe They've got it. to go, yeah, that, that one with the the, yeah. the... the one that's red and black. Yeah. <laughs> the birds. It's got loads of birds in it. They've all got loads of birds in them. Talking of your, your headspace at the moment, where do you go to relax or what do you do to relax? Uh, well, I in many ways, I tend to, like, unwind. It's normally when I'm like... Kids have gone to bed and I'll sit in a drawer and I watch TV. Yeah. And that is kind of how I relax, really. Um, so that's pretty much what I do. I mean, in truth, I don't really relax that much. I just, it's kind of, I don't really, like, I don't really like going on holiday. I don't really relax when I go on holiday. Yeah. Um, so people always think I'm a real relaxed person. I think I come across that way, but yeah, I don't really relax, I suppose. Yeah, because I don't yeah. really think about other things as well when I'm drawing it. It it kind of um, it zeroes me in just to the page, so rather than I that like it, worries seem to go because I'm just doing that. That's all yeah. I'm doing now. So actually, in many ways, my artwork is is that kind of relaxing point. Um, and apart from that, yeah, I put I get drunk at the weekends. <laughs> that's, that's always a good way to relax isn't it <clears throat> yeah I think that's what I do yeah. if there was you and five other artists past and present what would your ideal group show be um, I'm really loving Otto Dix at the moment nice really really like him um, I would have Andy Warhol because I think he's one of my all-time favourite artists ever. He's the one who comes up the most on this. Well, it's just... Uh, he was one of my first real passions in art. And I, and yeah. the fact that uh, he's like my nirvana. <laughs> you know, like it's just like... You strip everything away and it is just this. And, yeah. like, and I, I really like that. You know, it simplifies things down and... It almost takes all of the um, the bullshit out of it, and I like that. Well, it's an ideal way for mental health, like you know what you're saying. You want to try to do away with all the bollocks yeah, that's yeah. going on around the edge of a problem, yeah. and just get down to the fucking raw basics. Don't yeah, you? and I think like Warhol does that, and mm. it's also kind of like that. Right, it's kind of like it's it's a bit of a piss take as well, which I like. So it's a bit rock and roll, and I like uh, and him. The image and everything, I'm like, you know, like, it's almost, yeah, the weird, it's, I like seeing the weirdos do well. Yeah. You know, like, it's something about that I really like, because I've the always underdog. felt like a weirdo, I guess. Um, I I love Gustav Klimt, he was a massive influence for me, when, um, like, when I went to college, he was the first artist that I really, really got into. I've got stuff up in in my room actually i've got like a copy of the kiss and i've tr and i have emulated his artwork in my painting so many times yeah you know like uh just like the hyper real kind of like the faces and then it will just be surrounded in pattern and if you yeah, look at my yeah. drawings they're covered in pattern and that is a nod to gustav klimt because i just think he was brilliant 
Um, I really, really like um, Shep Fairy, uh, the guy, Obey. Um, I've got a tattoo of one of his artworks. Really, really like him. How many is that? That's four. He's become really it? popular again recently, hasn't he? I'm, I'm, he's never yeah. not been popular. But I mean, during this moment, because his images are um, quite, they look like sort of like an Eastern Bloc type yeah, yeah, images, they do, don't yeah. they? And they've come to the forefront again during this lockdown, haven't they? Yeah, they've got that kind of Dada element, haven't they? Um, there is that going on. There is a bit of Bauhaus going on in there. But um, but yet they're uh, they're really accessible. Like yeah. it's really accessible artwork, and you know, like the way he simplifies basic colours. I love all that. I love silk screen. Mm. Um, he, he was on The Simpsons. I saw him on The Simpsons the other night. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, fucking hell, this is madness. Would you think of, you just mentioned silk screens there, sorry to yeah. sort of butt in and take it off direction. Would you think of doing silk screens with your work? I'd love to. I'd love to do silk screening. Um, you know, like we were talking about Heath Kane and he does his silk screening and yeah. I think he's got his own silk screen place. Like, he has now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I when I when I went to, at college and at university, I was in the silk screen room all the time. I used to like painting painting onto the screen and then pulling it through. And it's just, you, the colours are solid and like, just yeah. really, really, really nice. So I'd love to do that. Um, I've still got one more artist. And then there's me thinking, I can't think of anyone. Uh, it's really difficult. We just mentioned Heath Kane. He'll do if you can't think of anyone, won't he? I, I, I messaged him saying, uh, and I likened his stuff to um, Warhol. And like, yeah. He obviously he don't know me, but um, that's a massive compliment for, as far as I'm concerned. And I think he was like, no, no, it's actually the kind of the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of the opposite. Like, oh, sorry, I didn't realise that. But uh, but essentially, like the outcome is, I think they're in a similar world, and I think that kind of uh, like the use of colour, uh, you know, the solid colours. And uh, and then the use of imagery, you know, using like um, found images and then doing something with it. I think they're, you know, I think they're in a similar similar gang. Although I they might look Keith Kane as an artist and a person. I think he's fucking great. He's been really friendly to me and chatting with him on Instagram and that. He's been really cool. And you've got one of his pictures, which I'm very jealous of. Oh, I see. I'm looking at it now. I'll yeah, tell you also, another like. Recent artist is Dan Hillier. I love oh, his stuff. Yeah, my I've got a mate John Horsley, and he's a bit of an art collector, and he's um he's got like a big Dan Hillier in his house, and um he's got an Obey, uh, he's got like loads of posters, but he's also got Jamie Reed stuff. You know, he did like the yeah, Sex Pistols yeah. stuff. He's got a few really big ones of those, which and they're like silk screened, and then like in that same aesthetic where you kind of do something and rather than that be the best thing, you then fuck it up. Yeah. I love that. Love that all day long. The podcast I recorded uh, the other week with Mark Sloper, who's a um, movie producer and he, he produces uh, videos for, uh, like music videos and stuff like that. He deals with punk. And when I went up into his studio, he's got like original Jamie Reeds up one end. Yeah. and I mean, I love... Uh, uh, Everything to me links to music in many ways. Uh, you know, it's like there's always a tune in my head, and I always like that kind of punk rock, rock and roll kind of sensibility. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, 
Like, no, this is what, this is me. This is me, and that's all we You said about your music. Mm. Um, we, I was going to say we met, we've not even fucking met yet because of this <laughs> virus. But, um, I mean, because we did, I should say that we, we contemplated a couple of weeks ago when we first spoke of this, when the shutdown first happened, the lock, lockdown or whatever you call it, we did contemplate just meeting up in a park or a car park yeah, somewhere yeah. and putting a two-metre lead between two cars, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, but that sort of went out the window. But... We sort of become aware of each other. Although we wasn't introduced by it, we got like a mutual friend being Stu yeah. Whiffin, who's been a friend of yours for years and yeah, yeah. mine just for the last year or so. Um, and Stu is pretty well known in the podcast world, isn't he, via um, one of his best mates, Scroobius Pip. Yeah. Um, he's got a couple of his own podcasts. Um, yeah, so I become aware of um, you via him and, and vice versa. And then we just, I can't even remember how we started chatting. I think... We just sort of, I think you may have mentioned, uh, commented on one of my works on Instagram. Yeah, And then we started chatting from there. Yeah. It's nice when you meet someone and you get on really well, though, and it's, like, really easy. Like, I just think that's really good. And for me, it's really nice to be able to talk to another artist because I'm not surrounded by artists. Like, no one I know does art. I've always been the only person who does art, you know. (laughs) So... Apart from like maybe at, you know at college, but uh, I was too busy getting stoned then anyway. So like now it's really nice about to kind of communicate with someone else who does does art. Yeah, you know, it, like I found like that's been really good for me because otherwise I am in total isolation art wise. Yeah. So that's really good. I t- Although anyone who knows me will tell you that as soon as I start talking about art, I don't shut up for fucking ages anyway. I know, but that's quite nice, though. One of the beauties of social media, and like Instagram particularly, is like Instagram, like, I, it's really turned me on to a lot of good artwork. Yeah. Um, like, I got into Otto Dix through Instagram. Um, but, you know, like, and like sometimes if I'm really... Um, if I, if I want to do something, but I've really got no ideas at all like I can't get started yeah. I'll look on Instagram and I'll just and it will give me like the germ of a fault because there's yeah. so many wonderful things on there um, like I uh, I follow a lot of tattoo eyes and I, quite often tattoos spark me up onto things yeah. I did tattoo would for that a be while. because of the linear yeah yeah aspect yeah. or yeah and um, uh, you don't see it so much but in a lot of traditional tattooing um, like the standard rules of art fly out of the window, so you'll yeah. have a snake going round a rose when, like, you know, size-wise, it wouldn't work. Mm. You know, like daggers through hearts and those kind of things, and um, and like they're not necessarily they're they're, they're a panther, but it don't really look like a panther. It's a representation yeah, 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 yeah. of a panther, and um, and like, I find that really freeing. So tattoo art is really it kind of gave me that the idea that. You know, do what you want. Do it how yeah. you want to do it. Uh, you don't have to do it in any particular way. Like, I do... I can do that. You know, I can do perspective. I did learn art for many years, you know, but I don't really draw on it much, really. Yeah. I just yeah. draw on what I, what's right for me in that moment. And I tattoo and I, like, was really good for that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, talking of other... Jobs and trades. If you wasn't an artist, what would you like to be? Well, it's always going to be rock star. Or <laughs> I think, like, 
I'd like to, um, in many ways I'm doing what I really want to do. Like I do artwork and I do a podcast and they both give me so much. Um, I'd like to be at a point where I can just do them. Yeah. I'd like to be able to drop everything and go and, go and um, you know, interview someone or something. But I found through doing podcasting, like I always wanted to play a big festival, like in a band. Like I play some big gigs, but I've never played a big festival. Yeah. And then like we, although it might not happen now, but like we, uh, was asked to do a live podcast at Festival, and it's like all of these things that have been dreams come true have all just happened in the last year, and it's happened yeah. in through something that's not really doing music. Yeah. So it's just weird how it all comes together, like seven. Yeah, it's artwork. all intertwined, isn't it? Yeah. But if you listen to a podcast, like I play guitar at the beginning and I make loads of noise with guitar, so I try, I, I kind of slip it in there somewhere. But I still do a lot of music. I've been doing music with um, uh, my friend John, John Hormsley, um, who used to be a photographer. He did the cover to Bittersweet Symphony. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and Warren, who plays, who um, used to play guitar for Scroobius Pip, started doing music with him uh, over the last few months as well. So, like, I'm still... I don't really sit on my hands. I like to have loads of things going on. Like, yeah. Like, just be as creative as you can be, as often well, as you can be. <laughs> funnily enough, one of my sort of sub-questions are, what have you got coming up? But during yeah. <laughs> during yeah. the fucking um, isolation period, we've all got pretty much the same thing coming up, which is fuck all. I, I was meant to be, at the end of next month, I was, I was meant to be doing a live podcast at Berlin Arena, um, interviewing wow. Frank Turner who was headlining four nights at Berlin Arena. Um, and I was invited to go and do that. Uh, that's now cancelled. Um, but what would that have been for? Podcast. We, um, so before... Yours? Yeah. Mouth of Manliness wow. live in Berlin. Yeah. Fuck. So it was pretty mental. Uh, How did that come about, if you don't mind me asking? Um, we... Uh, I had... Someone I know who I work with manages a band. The band just happened to be really good. They're called Pet Needs. Um, and um, he was saying, oh, a couple of guys have a few kind of struggles. And I went, well, like, let's get them on the podcast then. Like, yeah, let's have a chat. Anyway, yeah. we hit it off. Like, just because, like, you know, I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, I remember when I toured and I did that. So we hit it off. And then one of them had been, was kind of chatting with Frank Turner quite a bit. And like they'd been asked to play, and he went, "Do you want me to ask him if you can do it?" And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm good then. Yeah, and then he just said, "Yeah," and that was so, it. And there was like nothing much else to it. I've tapped him up. Away. He's going to come on the podcast anyway now. Nice. Um, but yeah, so that's like, a bad name to have on there, is it? No, no. He's, he's been had, on Pips, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's, I think he's been on Stews as well. I think. Um, but it's quite nice that I've made that link without having to kind of. You know, do it through... I've done it more on my own. We've mentioned Stu before. He's got his own podcast. He, he does um, <laughs> one with with Chris Glasson, doesn't he? Yeah, um, uh, Hardcore Listing. And that one's kind of like lots of fun and silliness. Very, very similar to my relationship with Stuart. Yeah. <laughs> but like we've been doing it since I was 11. <laughs> yeah, very, very similar. And, uh, and, and his other podcast, Off the Beaten Track, which is a music-based 
Yeah. And yeah. that's when he has some... I'm not really into music as such, but I've not missed one of Stu's episodes yet. And not just because he's a mate. He's a... You know, some of them are fucking amazing people. Yeah, I was... Uh, every once in a while, it will message me and go, hey, I've got Andy Bell from Ride on. Nice. And like, a lot of people know him through Oasis, but I was a massive fan of Andy Bell uh, through Ride, his band that he's reformed now. And I was like, oh, I'm so jealous. But I had met him before you, though, haven't I? Because <laughs> I'd met him years ago and chatted with him. But, uh, oh, yeah, he gets some people on, and I'm, like, really jealous. Yeah. Really, really well, jealous. Well, he don't... He don't... He don't uh, take roots, though, does he? he? He works enormously hard, doesn't he? He just... Oh, yeah, yeah. I've taken a lot... Uh, I think, what's that? Like, since I've started realising that if I do something, I can make things happen, I've taken quite a lot of, like, inspiration and taken a few kind of cues from him. Yeah. Because he don't fuck around. He gets on no. with it and he gets it done. Well, and I've he has always been that way. Saying that, what you're saying there, when... I had decided to do my first big show or, or my first big artwork, which was the face value. Um, I th- I thought well, I'll ask my mate Ray Richardson, um, who's you know obviously a well-known painter, to, for his advice. He said it was a, a great thing, um, and then I just happened to sort of be speaking to Sarah Lucas, and I said to her, "Look, I've got the, I'm having, I've got this idea." She's not very big, is she? <laughs> well, I said, look, what, what about this? So she went, well, if you do it, I'll give you, I'll make an artwork for you. I, I, I don't mean to phone names about, but then Gavin Turk, right? I, you know, I, I sort of known Gavin pretty well, and I knew, I, I went by his studio, well, I was near his studio, so I thought, well, I'll pop in. And I just said, like, I said, Gavin, I've, I've been speaking to Sarah, I've got this idea. She said she's going to do something. I wanted the fucking gods that I look up to to go, yes, it's good, you know. Yeah. And uh, he went, yeah, I'll give you something. Then in the end, I'm like, well, fucking hell, I've got Ray, Sarah and Gavin, like people who I really look up to. Maybe I can just ask anyone. Like, you know, because yeah. before, you, think, you know, I think, all right, I know these people, they know me. But then to go and ask people that I don't know for a bit of support, pretty much on the back of these other people, you know, but then it's got to a point now, a couple of years down the line, where I do think, just ask. Like you said earlier, just ask. I can only say no. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I think my kind of... It's my kind of mantra, really, is. It's like, everything's worth a go. Um, like, as long as it's not going to, like, bankrupt you, things are worth a go. Yeah. Ideas are worth pursuing. And everything's worth an ask. Like, it's just worth an ask. And, like, the whole podcast has worked through that philosophy. Yeah. Like, it's done really well. And it has just been off the back of, it's worth an ask, you know. And, like, it might be worth a second ask as well. But you give it a go. Just fucking give things a go. You just never know. And, like, my, like now, I really believe that. You know, it's like, I will, I'll take a bit of artwork to Eddie. You know, and now I'm like, now I've sold artwork. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's just worth a go. Like, you know, so often things don't actually have to take a lot of effort. No, sometimes you sort of do make your own luck in some ways, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah, I've certainly learned that from Stuart because that's how he operates and it works. Exactly, yeah. Um, Where can people find you? Websites and social media. Loveless underscore artist is your artwork, isn't it, on Instagram? Yep. That's, um, That's the one that I keep really up to date, so any new work goes on there. Um... 
And I've got a website, um, www.lovelessartist.co.uk. But I would say, like, if you want to check the stuff out, always go on Instagram, because I put everything up there. Sometimes I put um, a drawing up there that's not finished, and then like, I'll zoom out, and then you see the whole thing. So um, I use that a lot. Everything new goes on there. If you want to buy anything, you can DM me on there. Um, that's got... But uh, Instagram is basically my link for everything because it's got um, like my websites on there and my email and everything's on Instagram. So it's definitely that's the best place to go. Plus everything looks fucking good on Instagram. <laughs> I really like that. And you, and where my stuff's so kind of plain, it, like I, very minimal, just brighten it up very slightly and it just like pops out. It's like really works for me. And if anyone wants to listen to your podcast. Yeah, so podcast is just mouth of manliness. Um, tap it in. We are on absolutely everything. Uh, we are on, we, we go through Acast, but we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on the Google one. We're on pretty much every platform as podcasts go. We're all... What episode are you up to at the moment? Uh, we are up to 52 a year. So, yeah, a new one every week, every Tuesday, a new one comes out. We're having a break at the moment, but I'll be coming back pretty soon. Basically, once I've learned how technology works a bit more. <laughs> well, we sh- going by what you're just saying there, we should add, it was a partnership that you was doing it in, and now, after a year, um, you're, you're doing it on your own. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, there's so, no fallout or anything. No, 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 there's no fallout whatsoever. Uh, Brad, who I was doing it with, um, basically just didn't want to do it anymore. Like, I think it was... Um, when you've got kids and everything, it's quite, it's quite hard to have such a demanding hobby. Because yeah. it, it takes up time and it takes yeah, up a lot yeah. of effort. Um, like, my kids are that much older, so I've got space to do it. But he hasn't, so he's just... His Brad's kids are like... Little kids, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, like two and five, I think, yeah. around that age. So they're really, really little, and I just think it was just uh, because we were. It was, you know, it's done well. Yeah, <laughs> it's know? a shame because you did gel well. You bounced well. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I'd be lying if I said I'm not really gutted. I, I haven't really gutted about it, but um, I don't know. I, I just think just the lessons I've learnt in the few year, last few years is that you just go, right, you're either going to go with it or you're not. And yeah, now I'm like, yeah. if I'm going to go with it, I'm going to learn how to do it all and I'm going to do it myself. And, and then... That's I've what podcasting's got, all about, isn't it? Yeah. It's just given me a new kind of drive and determination to do it. Yeah. Um, but I have had to... Like, he did all the technical stuff, so I have actually had to learn buy a computer, yeah. learn how to record things, which I knew, I didn't know how to do any of it. And I, I had a massive breakthrough today, so I'm, I'm pretty much... We'll be coming back in about a month, I reckon. I've got a few... Like, yeah, Frank Turner is going to be one of our guests. Uh, I've lined up a few guests, and I'm going to have you on as well. Of course. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so we're going to come back bigger and stronger, I'm hoping. I like the way you put me and Frank Turner in the same in the same yeah, light. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not bad. Yeah, not I'll, bad. I'll take that. He probably won't be as pleased, but I'll take it. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's Nick. That's all my questions asked. Well, that's good because I my computer is going to run out of power very soon. <laughs> so that's actually worked out quite well. All the best. Yeah, thanks, Gary. Thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed it.
and look after yourself during this lockdown. All the best, mate. Cheers, mate. Ta-da. The loveless artist there. As journeys go, the loveless artist has had a pretty rocky one, wouldn't you agree? But it's another example about the power of art. And as Nick said there, he's a very rapid and spontaneous artist, reacting to the state of his mental health at that moment. And at trying times like this, those moments of feeling down could possibly be hitting some of us more often and for longer. If that is the case, go and listen to The Mouth of Manliness. But if you think you might be beyond that and listening to someone might not be enough, Nick mentioned the organisation My Black Dog, which he's an ambassador for. Just pop over to their website and there's several different ways that you can speak to someone. You can even text someone if you don't want to speak to them. Go and see Nick's work over on Instagram. It's at loveless underscore artist. And hopefully I'll see one or two of you tonight over at the V Art Show. So like I say every week, wherever you listen to this podcast, you should be able to leave a comment. If you could do that, it'd be much appreciated by us and it helps anyone who's looking for an art podcast. But thanks for listening and until next week, ta-da. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.